on the Texas Steampunk Connection, your source for steampunk event information in the great free state of Texas. We also discuss books, films, comics, and games. Also, we enjoy visiting with the local steampunk luminaries. I'm Flavio. I'm Erica. And I'm Fax, your hosts. Thank you for tuning in, and now on to the episode. Hello, this is Texas Steampunk Connection, Season 2, Episode 8. It is currently April 24th, but of course I'll probably be releasing this in a couple of more days, so it's not going to be exactly 24th when you're listening. So welcome back to us. It is Monday. We've just come from a very busy weekend. Yes, it was the most excellent adventure. <laughs> and we're going to tell you all about it. Mm-hmm. But, but before for- that, yep, you, before that, <laughs> you first- have something on your mind. Uh, yes, yes, I do. As, of course, you would have remembered on Monday, if not by the time you're li- listening to this, this weekend, Saturday, was the 25th anniversary of Earth Day, I think. It was Earth Day, where we are reminded that we are destroying the planet. And it was also a huge protest across the country, uh, referred to as the March of Science. That was March for Science. You're right. March for Science. And but- not a protest. Not political. Oh, I'm getting political today. Oh, are you? I don't see how we cannot, given that we are talking about steampunk, which is a science fiction movement. True. And I would imagine that others like myself have a certain amount of respect for actual science. I like science. Um, Science has done a lot for us. As part of the steampunk movement and part of our lives. And so today I'm, I'm going to get a little political here, if that's all right. I'm okay with it. So Go for it. Any listeners okay. out there who feel that they might be offended, you, you might want to fast forward. Skip the next forward. 10 minutes yep. or what you do what you got to do. But <clears throat> here we go. March right. for Science uh, yeah. happened this week and Saturday where, uh, according to some articles I saw, hundreds of thousands of self-professed science supporters turned out over at over 600 cities across the country, including Washington, D.C., and Los Angeles, and Houston, where we were. and uh, Really? In Houston? It, Surprised we didn't run into more we, traffic. We were not there, but that's, that's the next story. But across the country, protest, uh, marchers for science came out in solidarity for true facts and the scientific method and belief in... Science. Science. And things that the science has established as facts, like global warming. Climate change, if you will. That's what the kids are calling it now, right? (laughs) In the face of an administration that enjoys talking about how fake facts are and ignoring or denying climate change. Uh, I'm just seeing an article here about Jeff Sessions, who doesn't understand the necessity of science and killed the National Commission on Forensic Science. And since he's like the top man in charge of law enforcement, forensic science is right, you know, that's what helps solve crime. His job. Uh, Yeah, I could go on and on about. And just to tie it back to steampunk, forensic science did get its start with Scotland Yard in the 1800s. Yeah, they had all kinds of different methods. You know what? Who still believes in forensic science? Scotland Yard. (laughs) (laughs) Forensic scientists, maybe. (laughs) Probably them. I would hope. But 
If you were a part of the March for Science, you're awesome. Tell us what happened. Tell us what your experience was. We were only kind of getting it secondhand through the The flawed media. I'm sure you didn't see much about it on the news. Uh, I I did see see it mentioned, but, you know, they spent more time talking about the local 10K marathon in Austin, which I guess was important, but doesn't seem like it's got the same impact. If you haven't, if you weren't there to participate in the March for Science, and even if you were, Bill Nye, the science guy who's developed into the spokesperson spokesperson yeah for for the science scientific community did a great speech in washington dc well a good speech he uh it was obviously written out ahead of time and didn't flow terribly well i had to listen to it twice to get what he was saying i don't know maybe i don't handle big words well (laughs) so it's very scientific um, what he was saying? It was or, or a lot of fancy um, words, or yeah, you know, it had words with more than a few syllables. <laughs> I, 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 maybe I, I'm just the foolish one. Who, uh, but a good speech. I love Bill Nye, especially when he gets when he gets his hackles up in interviews. That's where I think he really shines. And you know, you can see those on YouTube videos as well. <laughs> I, well, I hear he's got a new series on Netflix, a new science fiction. It just show. came out today, yeah. so that's. I'm sure not a coincidence. (laughs) So, yeah, Bill Nye has a show on Netflix where he is going to discuss and challenge questions about science on Netflix. I'm going to watch it, of course. So should you. I plan to, yeah. And then, when you finish listening to his speech, across the country in Los Angeles, Adam Savage was giving another speech. Adam Savage, the guy from Mythbusters. That's right. In case you don't know. The spokesperson for geekdom really one of the geek gods and also a much better speech maker i have to say in this this weekend made a great speech that is not as well recorded in the video i saw but fantastic he spent a good amount of time establishing what the scientific method is and why it is awesome and it was great it was a great speech the scientific method method in how they go about proving things right 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 and how even though you make mistakes that's how you learn (laughs) the scientific method that allows for those and allows you to correct those mistakes by doing more science and it was a it was a great weekend for visibility of americans appreciation of science i'd like to think the majority of americans <laughs> i would um, hope so yeah i mean it just boggles the mind how some people don't believe in facts uh, it, it boggles my mind that a and those large, people are in charge of the country a large <laughs> chunk uh i'm not going to say a majority because i believe in america still mm-hmm. but unreasonably large chunk of america has given up on scientifically backed facts and that and we're also backsliding in some cases yeah i mean know. there are people out there who believe the earth is flat now or again or something there's flat earthers out there i don't believe this and the media has treated science as like an opinion so yeah. they have to show both sides of an opinion when we're not talking about opinions anymore, right? right? This is facts versus people who don't believe in facts, and yeah. the media has and given don't a give plat- them equal time, given a platform and, and validation for people who just don't believe. In, Which is yeah, that's in just facts. crazy. That's just crazy to me. It boggles my mind. Yeah, completely. like and, CNN. If you're going to put a climate change denier on, be sure and put local wackadoo in the little <laughs> sub caption there underneath exactly. their name and you know, or, face. Did yeah. you did you see the article? Well, we're uh, 
Bill Nye tears into CNN because they put a, a, a science denier on their panel discussion on science? No. Did they subtitle it with local wackadoo? <laughs> no. Well, they need and to. And Bill Nye ripped him, ripped good. into him because that's what he's good at. Given hell. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the, you know that's what that, I mean. People need to remember the definition of a fact. Not an opinion. It is not an opinion. It is a fact. It is something that's provable. <laughs> something that is known. Right. The alternative to facts are not facts. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to plug another podcast real quick here, as long as we're being political. Okay. There's a podcast called The Bernie Sanders Show, and there's only four episodes so far, but the second episode, uh, he does have an interview with Bill Nye that is really good. And Bill Nye makes some very important points about how science can reduce America's dependence on fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Science can give industries and employment to many people whose industries and employment have disappeared as a result of uh, various corporate decision-making processes. I saw a news article or, or an interview with Bill Nye where he was talking about exactly the same thing. Right. I wonder if it was the same. Well, this was a podcast. It was, it was a podcast where he was interviewing with Bernie Sanders, but I think it's a talking point that, that Bill Nye has found that he thinks is going to be able to reach some corporate plutocrat types that you can make money off of yeah uh, you got to speak money to them that's right. right you can you can make money off of reducing america's dependence on foreign fuel sources you can make money on solar panel factories you can make money on wind farms you can make money on these industries that are coming up and a lot of money. So that's something that apparently the wealthy oligarchs who run this country, that's the only thing they care about. So let's keep hitting them in the wallet because that's the only thing they understand. And Bill isn't just talking about in the future. That technology is in existence and available right now. It just needs to be harnessed and available. And, and implemented, and implemented in, yeah. in yeah. large if scale. We, if we put money into creating a, a modern structure for delivering power and we put money into solar wind farms hydroelectric and geothermal Geothermal. that is it that is all we need to power the country right now with the technology we have right now in the article or in the interview i was listening to him he actually made the point that if Donald Trump wanted to make a legacy for himself as a president. If he wanted another four years, if he wanted an eight-year term, he would need to get started on these things right now because those are the things that millennials are voting for. And if he proved himself in this first four years doing that, he would get a second term. I don't think that's going to happen. I really don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Personally, I'm not a Trump supporter. And so that seemed, there was a certain amount of horror deep, deep inside when I heard that. But really, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. But, I mean, but if any president if, decided to do that, it would be good for them. It would be a legacy, yeah. right? For whatever president finally does that, and you know, assuming we don't die in a bath of nuclear fire here in the next few days, um, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll get this podcast out before then. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> and, and just on a really quick side note, I think in the first episode or first or second episode, we had decided that Bernie Sanders was steampunk because we were doing steampunk or not, and he said Bernie Sanders. <laughs> And he fit the criteria. Because <laughs> um, he was old, the Victorian. <laughs> because he's at least 100 years old. old. <laughs> I, I didn't really mean that. I know. I just, I just thought I'd point that out. That was kind of funny. Uh, 
Okay, have I made my point? I think so. Go, go look up March for Science. Listen to some interviews. You know, science is good. It's well, gotten us this far so so much. I mean, granted, some science is bad if used improperly, but anything's bad if used improperly. You know, well, that that's not the point. I know, but science is good. You know what's worse than 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 science used for bad is not using it at witch all witch hunts yeah witch hunts um, superstition backsliding and beliefs <laughs> the dark ages you yeah, know yeah that sort of stuff yeah yeah I had one more thing I was going to say but now I, f- I forgot sorry I, I derailed you my bad <laughs> okay so I, I think uh, that's all so that's I guess all the, I guess to say about, about the march of science I will say it, I support science that's all do you support Nikola Tesla Yes. Do you support Thomas Edison? Well, kind of, yes. Do you support the things that Thomas Edison stole from real scientists? Yes, okay. <laughs> and see, he showed the oligarchs how it's done. Right, he took you science and made money from them. And steal their inventions and make lots of money off of them. I did Come not on, expect Coke this to brothers, go that way. You can do it. You can do it. Yeah, so oh, follow, I mean, if anything, follow the Thomas, the Thomas Edison model. There's no such thing as clean coal. For F's sake. I'm laughing because of that one cartoon French movie that we saw. As as all of the, you know, petroleum invested companies, you put yourself in the shoes of of the companies that went out of business when we stopped hunting whales and using whale oil for fuel. That's that's basically those poor fishermen though. Those poor whalers, I know. (laughs) What did they do for careers? We put them out of work. And they had a fine family tradition of many generations of hunting whales and all of us heartless people put them out of business. <laughs> so, yeah, let's just let's just say that the dinosaur oil needs to go the way of whale oil. There you go. And uh, yeah. we can we can move forward into the future. I mean, I mean they weren't really thinking very forward either. Cause, I mean, whales are becoming or, you know, hard to catch or extinct in danger of being instinct. And extinct. there are people that... And once you kill once you kill the last oil. whale, they're out of business anyway. So I mean, right. <laughs> that doesn't right. make any sense. And, and, peak oil and you remember has Star Trek IV. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the, oil, the, the whales are the only thing keeping the giant spaceships space, from... It was a space um, whale. <laughs> I, I guess. Something. Uh, yeah, so that, the whales were keeping us safe. <laughs> the sooner we stop using fossil fuels, the sooner the Middle East collapses, if that's important to you. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know but either. But that, that's their... They're, they're struggling as it is because of the low cost of oil right now, but... Really, the gas prices have been creeping up recently. <laughs> I noticed that this weekend. Yep. Okay, so we're getting off topic. Let's let's drop this. Thank you for your right. time. If you tuned out, you can come back in now. <laughs> we support we're gonna science. Talk about, okay. We're going to talk about other fun things. Yes, yes, last weekend we had a most excellent adventure in Houston. We went to Curios, the Cirque du Soleil, Curios. Yeah, we've been talking about it for months. And we finally went. Yay! And oh my god, it, it was, was amazing. Awesome. <laughs> it was really, really fun. We had a good time. We got up there earlier in the day, so we were able to kind of uh, enjoy some of the other cultural offerings that Houston has. Yeah, it was a really good pit barbecue place. Mm-hmm. We had we had a great lunch at the at the. I think it was uh, just called the pit, wasn't it? The pit room. Yeah, the pit room. Yes, we had a fantastic lunch at the pit room, and that was wonderful. <laughs> It was so we were, much food. We yeah, were utterly so defeated. And then we went to the Manil Art Gallery. Art galleries. Along with the Cy Twombly Art Gallery and the Rothko Chapel. That was which, very interesting. Which are all 
free museums or free art exhibits yep. because we use Poe. I gotta say, I, I the first museum we went to, I don't get it. The Cy Twombly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand it. I just saw. It was, I just saw. Was, yeah, I don't know what I saw, <laughs> but I don't get it. You saw a lot of things. I remember having big conversations about it. It, it was a uh, what do you call it? The kind of art oh. splatter art. I don't know. It's like oh, modern. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was modern, modern art. art. Throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks. I don't know. <laughs> That's. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen my friends' abstract. children. I've seen my friend's children scribble on the wall and not look any different than that. <laughs> well, it was abstract for, art. For me, what made the, the exhibit was the space itself. The, the rooms were very large and expansive and they were they used the, the indirect lighting very effectively to create a, a mood and uh, organize the art in such a way that each room sort of had its own color scheme or theme. And uh, so that made it interesting for me. It wasn't my favorite art, but it was it was well displayed, I will say that. <laughs> and the Rothko Chapel, I did not like. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I, I had mixed feelings about it. The chapel itself was kind of cool. But there was these women that were standing there guarding the doors or watching us or whatever. It just seemed they very... Were like, they were like dressed like nuns in a Catholic school. Yeah. They were waiting for them to pull out a ruler and smack you. Yeah, and I'm not Catholic, so that's not really a, a fear of mine. But and it's just, there were these just weird. gray, dark gray and black canvases on the wall that... You're supposed to stare at or something? I, I'm not really with. sure. And then if you looked up at the ceiling, that what looked like to me sort of a aperture of a camera or microscope. <laughs> I didn't and, even notice that. And I just, I kept glancing up and thinking, okay, this is an art exhibit that makes me feel as though God is some sort of photographer of miniature things or a mad scientist. Uh, macro photography. I and we're just, we're just bugs under his lens. And I didn't, I didn't enjoy that feeling and the, the uh, disapproval radiating from the guardian ladies uh, made that a very uncomfortable space for me. Uh, for me, I didn't, I didn't uh, take away that at all. But that was, I mean, I came there with a certain uh, expectations as a meditation space. And for me, the intent was to sit quietly and let go of thoughts and considerations of the room and sort of, you know, meditate. So, <laughs> so the fact that there were weird little ladies in the corners, the idea was to... Filter them out? Yeah, to, okay. to just let the thoughts of them go and let thoughts of the other people moving around in the room go, which was kind of ch- challenging. Yeah, I, but, I'm not a med- uh, I can't meditate. I've never been a meditator personally because I, I can't shut my head, my mind off. <laughs> I know I, that's because that's, that's the idea behind meditation, but I can't do it. Well, that's why I liked how stark the room was, those big framed... Uh, it took away the distractions. Slate just fields yeah uh, See, yeah <laughs> concentrating on those made it easier to See, that's, it had the opposite effect for me i was like why is this place it's just so dull and boring <laughs> so for for me the high point of the whole uh, art museum tour there was an exhibit on the surrealists i like the surrealists in the, in the manil gallery proper and i loved for me, the, the the surrealist stuff really played well into the Curios show. Mm. There were a lot of similar visual elements and kind of absurd, slightly frightening at times imagery, but more accessible because it wasn't abstract. It was just things that were 
out of proportion mm-hmm. or yes. you know a, a person with an, a birdcage for a head or something like that that just kind of it was very interesting and then they also had at the manila they had what's called let me see if i can find the word wunderkammer the cabinet of curiosities right yeah. oh, so oh, they yeah. had there was that whole in, room right in addition to the surrealist art they had a room that was objects that the surrealists themselves had owned or similar to objects that the yep. surrealists owned and these are were found objects these were tribal artifacts masks, uh, masks mm. statues from africa ceremonial uh, necklaces made out of dead birds from you know some aztec tribe or something and these were all things that the surrealist artists would have kept in their homes as kind of their inspiration for their art and some of the objects were actually owned by some of the surrealist artists and some of them were just there to sort of suggest that this was the sorts of things right, that like they a, would like have a museum around room, them yeah. and there was like a bear costume uh <laughs> was bear hunter a bear, bear hunter costume uh, the word costume seems armor. inappropriate armor so it uh, was a suit suits yeah uh, so it was suit. a suit with all these spikes and like a, a helmet with spikes it kind of reminded <laughs> me of the the guy from hellraiser and there were a lot of Phallic objects porcupine man. and uh, <laughs> uh, tribal masks and uh, very just a, a lot of really interest death masks from various cultures just really interesting and weird stuff and so <laughs> it just it was really neat for me to see here are the surrealists cabinet of curiosities and then we go to see a show yep. called cabinet of curiosities so yeah, for me that was just yeah. a fantastic just just a whole experience yeah i mean i have to say i, I mean when it comes to art I, I can dig i can dig the surrealist art not every piece but a lot of them i, I enjoyed <laughs> apparently facts has something else to say I, that that whole collection i saw a lot of dongs <laughs> <laughs> i walked away from that going i'm gonna go home i'm gonna become a great artist i'm gonna paint dicks everywhere well you, you, it's I mean, gonna be great you, you even saw that on the the abstract on the walls you saw <laughs> you're just seeing that everywhere <laughs> art is I, I all said- about your junk. I said phallic, but Thax had to take it up a notch. That's not. That wasn't the word we used while we were there. That's right. <laughs> hey, honey, look at the dick. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and there was more. There were different rooms with different types of art in there. One of them was more modern art, and some of that was okay. Other was like, I don't. I don't understand. Like, it's a blue square. <laughs> on a canvas slightly askew I don't I mean what <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not sure I got it either yeah. but the fact that it was slightly askew fascinated and bothered me you know because <laughs> you want to straighten it but you can't because right. it is straight but it's not straight <laughs> <laughs> well if that was their if that was what they wanted behind it then they, it succeeded <laughs> maybe I, I don't know art but, is supposed to create a response and that's so a, that's that a could response have, yeah. that could be <laughs> so well anyway the Manila uh, gallery it's a really it's a nice area of town in Houston it's a pretty neighborhood for walking around in. It, it was, was a, a large park area. Nice, yeah. When it was a beautiful day, it mm-hmm. was kind of cloudy and rainy when we left Austin. By the time we got to Houston, it cleared up and it was cool and bright and very beautiful. And it was a really nice way to spend an afternoon. Yep. And we have our friend Amanda to thank for those things because yes, she was she our native was, guide. Uh, she spent a few years of her younger life in Houston and knew about these places and she took us to them and showed us the good things that can be found in Houston and it was great traveling with her 
and she was very new to steampunk and she went with us to curios put together her outfit erica you helped her and gave her some pieces Mm -hmm. it came together really well she put together her her first costume i don't know if she'll continue to do steampunk stuff and you know evolve her her look more but she seemed really really excited about it and had a really good time with us Indeed. Um, and that's always fun, getting somebody started in steampunk and watching them get excited about all the different ideas and elements that you can put into your costuming. Mm-hmm. And so there are four of us when we finally got to the big top, the huge tent set up in the middle of the parking lot of the Sam Houston Sam Raceway. Houston raceway right and, is, and i believe there was races going on as well at the, uh-huh. at the yeah. same time but which we didn't go to we didn't go see because we were going to go see the show but yes so we got to the show and it was all it was it was awesome we were the only ones there dressed there were a up. couple of other people we, we, saw, a we few. saw we saw a few people dressed in had gotten a top hat or maybe have found a piece that that sort of reflected a victorian but not like you know Decked full out. on steampunk yeah, right. like we tried to accomplish I, we were the only ones come on houston what's, <laughs> what's up with that we got a few we got a few looks and some people asked us questions you know what's are you in the show on occasion that didn't happen a lot but every once in a while we got that question yeah, we didn't look that good yeah <laughs> no but, not uh, at all you know and our usher quinn was very oh, very yeah. enthusiastic very, very nice guy he <laughs> was happy to see uh people dressed in steampunk too yeah yeah so we Which had made a good him excited time. about it yeah. yeah we had a good time visiting with him and he took us down near the stage and took our picture and just was real real excited to see real live steampunks so that was fun <laughs> i think if he could he would have taken us backstage but he couldn't he wasn't yeah. allowed but <laughs> but uh just the on the stage all the props and just uh, visual cues that weren't really even used for the show but somebody had built all of these wild things that you could look at you know yeah close enough to the edge of the stage that you could really focus in on them when the show wasn't going on and mm-hmm. take them all in i still don't know why there were those big bowls with these puppet fishes <laughs> they didn't have anything to do with the show they were just weird I, I don't know maybe they were supposed to be where the music was coming from because there was a bunch of instruments on it uh, underneath it yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, the pedestal of the of the fishbowl had trombones and trumpets and a lot of brass. Yeah, I think I saw a keyboard on there. Parts yeah, it's like, but and it, books and just little knickknacks. So the the whole show, there's a big clock over the top of the stage, and it starts at eleven eleven, which is wish time. Actually, I saw I or it starts a little bit before eleven eleven. Because I, I look back at pictures that I'd taken, uh-huh. I didn't even realize the clock was there. Uh-huh. Right. But going back, I'm like, oh, there's that clock. It, ooh, it only says 11:10. Yeah, I think ooh. it might have said earlier because w- when we were sitting there waiting for it to start, that you know the guy was walking around the, in the stage and hooking things up, and you hear the, the electricals and sounds and everything. Every once in a while, you would hear a, a click, a, a gong sound. So I think that was the clock ticking. You know, oh. <laughs> I think it was like maybe three or four times I heard that big, you know, noise. So the narrative has has Quinn sort of told us later yeah he kind I of helped getting, explain things yeah wasn't getting any of this <laughs> but apparently at 11 11 you make a wish and this balding middle-aged tinkerer of a man the seeker kind of a mad scientist type 
Yeah, he 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 makes his wish to maybe have his inventions come up, come to life, yeah. another or dimension, yeah, dimension, or find the world of of creativity or of uh, fun. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know the the whole uh, creative world uh, rather than scientific. The world of whimsy, maybe. the magic place where art and science come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I guess I'm, I'm really not. Sure, but right, yeah. I don't, I, don't, yeah I didn't understand the narrative either, but it was still like an awesome show. <laughs> I mean, just the whole the acts themselves, the acrobatics, the the everything. I mean, even the invisible circus was hilarious and fun. You know? <laughs> and uh, yes. every every act we watched is in the narrative happening sometime between eleven eleven and eleven and eleven twelve. Right. So the whole show, the the magical world that that he is teleported in, and we get to. Uh, observe as well is happening in that one minute which is kind of interesting conceptually mm-hmm. I'm glad the show was more than a minute oh yeah, yeah. yeah definitely it, and <laughs> yeah, it, went, it was a good long it, show yeah but it's, but it went by really quick it, were, it, it, it didn't did. feel very long basically it moved fast there was so many things to look at and it was so easy to get overstimulated with all the stuff I'd have to see it two more times to feel like I'd seen it. <laughs> you know? And from a different angle, maybe? Yeah. We did not have the best of seats, but they were... But yeah, we got the cheap seats, and part of the stage was blocked by a big steel girder, which is a bummer. But, uh, eh, we got... We saw most we a saw good part stuff. of it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know if we're, I know, spoilers, but of course, you know, I don't think, I think it's going to be finished in a couple of weeks. I think it's already gone or it's about to leave soon. So if you haven't got your tickets now, it's probably too late. I think it's through the, the early part of May in Houston. And okay, so you still have a couple to, more weeks if you uh, want to go check it out. Uh, Canada. Canada? Yeah, Quinn mentioned that they, they've, they've planned the show according to temperature. Not really. Right, because oh. the, 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 the big top is not actually climate controlled. No, yeah. If you noticed. So I was too. Luckily, busy. it was a good. It was a nice day. Yeah, in exactly. So they're they're sort of taking the show from place to place within a certain temperature range for the comfort of the performers. So, yeah, and and the way they did it, they would have two or three. In a lot of cases, they would have two or three sets of acrobats sort of doing the same thing, facing different directions mm-hmm. on the stage mm-hmm. because it was almost a theater in the round. Mm-hmm. Um, so they wanted to make. For, for the most part, they did a good job of making sure that if you were sitting kind of off on one side of the stage, you could still see the performance or some part of the performance. And, like, there was a bit where there was a, a guy that was swinging a girl around. Not really a trapeze act, because he was the trapeze, basically. And they, they kind of moved their their uh, platform around several times so that and did variations on the same tricks several times so that everybody could see it from different angles. And... The only things that, that that they didn't do were you were there was a train that came out just dead up straight through the middle of the stage yep. out to the front of the the mm-hmm. audience so we just got to see the side of the train we never got to see the front and then all the creatures and people But you got to see the, the windows of the train as right. people were running through them. Right. So that was kind of fun. And then um, there's a scene where this mechanical hand comes out and these sea anemone people do the, all these contortions. They, they were magical they were, eels. Oh, okay. Is that what it said in the book? That, that's what it said in the book. Okay. Okay. Really, they were they were contortionist little you know. bendy ladies dressed as <laughs> funny fish. <laughs> yeah, and so the hand was sort of all the fingers were pointed out towards the front of the stage, and we didn't we only got to see the the side of the hand, but it was a really interesting piece. Yeah, yeah, it was like uh, I've seen. "Quote unquote 
steampunk automaton hands mm-hmm. that are made of just like the wooden hand model with like springs and stuff put on top of it. It looked like that, only, you know, as big as your car. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then at the end, the the scientist comes back to the real world and he and he opens his suitcase, which was his cabinet of curiosities, and apparently miniature versions of everything in the show were inside the suitcase, but we didn't get to see it because no, we held it out to the front of the audience. It was empty. Oh, it was he, empty. He turned it to us, too. Oh, did he? That was, okay. I, I never saw there it. There was supposed to be some point to that, that it was empty, his... The like cabinet he, he, was yeah. He finished empty. playing with and everything. And then everyone or behind him, all the curiosities came up behind him, and did their did did a big dance okay. number to to end the show. Yeah, because when he turned around, they all went, "Hey!" Like we're we're still here, kind of thing, you know. Okay. So I guess like once he once he went into the uh, magical world of discovery or whatever it is, they they're always with him, which seems to be like a theme that. It's consistent through a lot of uh, Cirque du Soleil shows. I haven't seen like all of them, but this is my first one, personally. I've, I've not seen any others. I've seen a few. It, it seemed like often they they try to say, "Okay, let us show you this magical world," and now that you've seen it, you always have it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So, what, so which which was your favorite act? What was your favorite one out of all of those amazing oh. acts? Was there a wow. favorite? Um, they were all awesome. Yeah. There were a couple that had me just agog with how impossible <laughs> how they do that. Yeah. The 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 balancing act. So this guy Oh, the yeah, the rolling pins. He he, would, he balances a, on on a plank on top of a oversized rolling pin or cylinder or something. Uh, like. And then he put and that that rolling pin is on top of a a bowling ball or something. A, yeah. a cylinder which is sort of like a post. Then he takes that rope, another post, and puts it on top of the rolling pin. Yep. And then takes another rolling pin and puts it, you know, 90 degrees from the first rolling pin on top of that post. And then he puts his plank on, and he stands on all of them. And they're all rolling in different directions. Yep, so he's got a... Or, yeah. <sighs> It was a, and then he put and it on it, a swing. <laughs> and then he puts like two more posts between the rolling pins and him on the swing, 30 feet in the air. It was crazy. I'm like, how is that even? That's not possible. There must be strings or something. Now, at that point, he did have a safety harness. Right. Just in case. Because once he got to a certain height, he clipped in. Mm-hmm. But there was there was a lot of that act where he had no safety right. equipment at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the the two guys that started out as Siamese twins, and then towards the end they separated and became uh, two guys. You mean that part where they took their shirts off? Yes. <laughs> Whoa. And uh, and they were they were doing the aerial silks. Yeah, and swinging they were, around. They were really good. There was they, no safety, no safety nets, harness on yeah. them at all. It was just whatever they they were holding themselves up by these long, by these flowing big sides of beef strands <laughs> of, of silk. They made it look effortless. I mean, yeah, they were. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was pretty amazing. I think for me, one of my favorite parts was where they had that little the, like the table with the little like dinner scene or tea, tea oh, party scene yeah. or whatever. Oh, that was and, cool. You know, you, start, they, they, you know, they did a little thing, and then all of a sudden, the guy starts doing a balance a chair balancing act, and then they point. Then at a certain point, they point up, and there's another scene 
above it and it starts over exactly what they did and at first it looked like maybe it was a hologram or projection or right. something the lighting was so yeah. that you weren't sure if that was real because they, they looked exactly like the people on the ground right. and they repeated the exact same movements but upside down yeah. and then all of a sudden they're real people there's somebody completely different doing different things up there because the guy on the uh, on the stack of chairs on the bottom and this guy from the stack of chairs on the top are interacting with each other. <laughs> right. It was so weird. Yeah, that was that was well done. I mean, especially with the, the look. I mean, it's like, is that a hologram? What, what, what is that? And all of a sudden, no, there are actually people hanging upside down, acting out the same scene that they did below. <laughs> it was amazing. It was just amazing. And she's... Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like every act with the... Every act, they're, you know, it's Cirque du Soleil. So they're jumping around yep, and yep. flying and skipping. It's like gravity does not work the same for these people. No, it doesn't. Those the people like, the, yeah, the guys on the trampoline, they were like, they were some kind of fish or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> the, but the, the big guy, the, you know, that huge trampoline in the middle, I think it was the start of the second right. half. Those guys went pretty far up there. They bounced like nobody's business. Oh, that's because they were double bouncing. But still, man, holy crap, they but were going up even high. Even without the trampoline, those guys were like making the arms and... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Tossing each other around. Yeah. They just flew. They just flew. <laughs> I don't even. I don't know how it works. <laughs> yeah. They were. It was very They were cool. not. No fear. Those guys were flying. And uh, we should mention all to the accompaniment of a live band and a live singer. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Uh, they were who, good. Who managed to loop their sounds in such a way that it, it kind of always went with whatever was mm-hmm. was going on on the stage. There was a th- kind of a musical theme for each act, and and the 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 band and the singer would kind of riff off of what was happening in the in the show, and it was kind of electro swing in French. French, <laughs> it was pretty awesome. Like quirky and sort of awkward, you know, very Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah, great music, very very lively very energetic yeah it sounded like there was a much bigger band but it was like five of them I would have gone to see I would have gone to see just the band yeah yeah I never saw them performing while everybody was on stage I didn't even know where they were I saw the violinist on the side once he was up on that platform right next to the pillar that we were at by the the fish above the fish I think yeah the singer went up on that platform too at one point but I could barely see her yeah. from our position. Yeah, I would have loved to. I didn't just, know where the rest of the I band was. I would have watched the band for a set. Yeah, well, they're they're behind us in one of the pictures that, that we took and put on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, they come out on the stage in the second at the beginning of the second act with mm-hmm. the fog machine. So they're they're kind of in the background of the picture that Quinn took of us. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were excellent. We're gonna we're gonna put one of their their tracks up at in our in our break. Right, because they they had a. A deal where you could get the program and a CD and a bag and information about the show, which was important because I wouldn't have gotten half of all <laughs> any of this without the program. Like I don't know what's going on. All they're speaking is French, I think. Yeah, some of it is French, and some of it I think is just nonsense. Maybe. Yeah, French. Facts. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And they had a little woman. Oh yeah, a very little a, tiny woman. That, there was there was a big guy with kind of he looked like a he had like a big boiler for his belly, like a mechanical. Yeah. Uh, he had a name, Mister um, Microcosmos. Mister Microcosmos, and he <laughs> at one point opens this door in the top of his belly, and this small, elegant woman comes out, 
and she's wearing like an evening dress and a fur wrap and Mm -hmm. she's waving to the crowd and speaking flawlessly beautiful French and uh, it was it was very interesting (laughs) yeah yeah I I have no idea she must have been what two feet maybe if that yeah she was tiny tiny crazy small but it was was she was beautiful yeah you know and and I know at one point, I mean, she was like sitting down. I don't know if it was in the same belly or something else, but she was sitting down on something like talking on a phone and you can kind of hear her, but she's talking French. So I have no idea what she was saying, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think it was very unprofessional of her to make phone, phone calls <laughs> to her friends in the middle of the show. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, and, but I think they, I mean, I noticed they did, they did stuff like that. I mean, there's all these like, non, I don't know if they're call them non sequiturs, but stuff that would happen. But I think they were doing that to distract us from the stage crew changing what, changing the set on this on the stage you know it's like keep look over here while you know don't look at this people mm-hmm. yeah kind of thing. maybe because every once in a while we're looking at this you know i would see the stage crew but then i realized oh they, they were doing something over there then that must i should have been watching that instead you know? <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> but yeah it was a uh, hmm. excellent show beautiful lights beautiful sound beautiful it was just all it was awesome i i had never seen a uh search sale show in in person live before mm-hmm. neither have i well like i said it's my like, first one I, I watched them on like i think youtube or some yeah. streaming i think the closest cool. i've seen was like one of those cruises we went on a long time ago with you know how the deck had that one video screen where they would show stuff mm-hmm. i think they showed a circus early on that but i didn't see the whole thing there was there was just some funny clowns doing things you know, funny clowns. <laughs> you know french clowns so yeah you know, not, not not like not like american creepy clowns <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> Elegant French clowns. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's the closest I've seen to seeing an actual Cirque du Soleil. And we've been to Vegas, and we didn't see it there. True. Well, we should we are missing that. out. We need, we need to go back to Vegas again. Yes, for we do. Reasons. There's all kinds of things going on in Vegas that we need to see. All right, let's do it. Okay, start making plans. Okay. It doesn't even have to be steampunk, but we'll turn it into steampunk anyway, because that's what we do. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't know if how. you're in Canada, or near... It's headed your way. Headed your way. <laughs> The temperature's warming up, maybe. You can wear your shorts. <laughs> uh, do Canadians even have shorts? I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know what they wear in Can- no, no. Canada. No, no. Dress steampunk. Go see Curios dressed in your steampunk finest. They will, will love not you. regret it. Or at least dress up. Yeah. You know, you're going suit. out Put to... Put on a nice dress. Yeah. You're going out to theater. So show some, some class. Uh, I don't know what... Houstonians, <laughs> man. They were just like... Dressed as their regular bumming around outfits. Ah, yeah, grumble. <laughs> kids these days. Yep, kids these days. All right. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow. We okay. How we, are we doing on time? We are at forty-six minutes, so oh, I think we should goodness. just skip the etiquette. Oh, no. all right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Etiquette. And etiquette. then we'll then, then we'll take a break, and then we'll go into the calendar. Okay. So what do we got for etiquette today? Letters of introduction. Okay. Letters of introduction should never be given except to persons well known to the person introducing them and addressed to those only who have long-standing friendship for the writer. Amongst persons but slightly acquainted, such letters are not only foolish but positively dangerous, as you may thus give your countenance to those who will take advantage of your carelessness to bring you into a mortifying, if not disgraceful, position. (laughs) Even among friends of long-standing, they should be given very cautiously and sparingly as it is a great responsibility to send to your friend a visitor who may prove disagreeable and you have no right whatever to call upon comparative strangers to extend hospitality or courtesy to your friends 
Letters of introduction should always be short and concise as possible. If you wish to send any information to your friends about their visitor, send it in a separate letter by mail. The utmost brevity is of importance in the letter of introduction, as it is usually read in the presence of the party introduced. And the pause must necessarily be awkward. You may, in a letter of introduction, use a few words of warm, cordial feeling toward your friend, but praise of any kind is in bad taste, as it would be at a personal introduction. This rule, however, does not apply to letters introducing applicants for favor, office, or position, which latter come more strictly under the head of letters of recommendation rather than merely letters of introduction letters of introduction must be left unsealed invariably. They should be folded and addressed like any other letter, but it is a gross breach of etiquette to prevent the bearer from reading what you may have said of him to your friend. (laughs) It is optional with the bearer to seal such letters before delivery, but it is customary to leave them open. A letter of introduction should not, unless circumstances make it absolutely unavoidably, be delivered in person. It should be sent with the card of the person introduced to the person to whom it is addressed by a servant. If the person receiving it should then call at once or send a written invitation to his house, and the person introduced may then call in person. If, however, the stay in the city is very short, these formalities may be omitted, and the person introduced call in person, sending in his letter and card by a servant. Okay. So So we're talking about... Not the mail, but you send your your man, your your manservant, from your house over to your friend's house with that letter of introduction. Right. Knock on his door. His butler comes out. They hand it over. Swap. And yes. And this is bef- before the actual guy who you're trying to introduce to gets there. So would or? they send a, a message back saying he will be a, he will be. Accepted. Uh, accepted, or right. you just led to guess? Uh, well, then it would, it would be upon the, the duty of your friend to whom you've sent the letter of introduction to send an invitation oh, okay. to the person that you're oh. trying to introduce, because now they've been introduced. So then they can. it's proper for them to say, um, you know, we, we're sending a, a card to request your presence at our salon this evening, or would you please come over and play whist with our family or whatever. Um, okay, okay. Why didn't they just use email? <laughs> right? oh, this is complicated. <laughs> we can probably we can adapt that to a dating service. You know, I was like, hey, I like uh, my friend. <laughs> Let me introduce you to because my friend. Because dating isn't complicated enough as it is. <laughs> well, I mean, but it'll it'll it helps break the ice to have someone introduce you to somebody else. You know. Well, that's that's true. Right, <laughs> you know? right. But but like you said, it's it's very if if your friend. Is if you send a letter of introduction to a friend and say, you know, Thax, I would like you to extend hospitality to my friend Flavio, who is visiting your city. And then if Flavio shows up and acts like an ass, that's on me. <laughs> Never trust her again. Yeah. That's on me. Thax can then be be irritated with me and perhaps even cut me dead in company and never never acknowledge my presence or invite me to anything again because I sent this boar of a Flavio to his house <laughs> where he was abused. Not darken my door again. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Only some letters of introduction for people with whom you have a good acquaintance and can vouch steadfastly for their care. It makes total sense to me. <laughs> Except, you know, we don't have servants, so I guess I, can, I have nobody to send an invitation with or the introduction Flavio, with. Flavio, you need a manservant. <laughs> I know. I tried to get my cat to do it, but he just won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Everyone should have a reliable manservant. Everyone. Yeah, my roommate won't even do it either. I try. <laughs> Admit him, he's not a very good manservant. No, he's not. Yeah, I mean, he does the yard sometimes, but that's about it. <laughs> wow. Okay, so that's etiquette for letters of introduction. We're going to take a break, and we'll, we're going to put on a, a little bit of music from the Cirque du Soleil Curios, and then we'll come back with the calendar.
We're back. That was music from Circus Soleil Curios. That was fun. Awesome. All right, so we got a lot of things going on. We are in the last weekend of April, so we're going to go into the from here to the end of May. First up is this Friday on the 28th in Colleen. So you, you, you Colleen steampunks, there's something going on near you. It's called, on April 28th, it's called Steampunk Beauty Battle. Friday at 8, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., so it's not going to take all night. The Salon at KCC. 1320 Stagecoach Road, Killeen, Texas. And this is what they're saying on their details. The KISD cosmetology students have the challenge of creating a fantasy steampunk look to wow our audience. This is going to be awesome. It says so right there. I'm reading it myself. Cool. <laughs> so apparently there's a beauty school out there who has a, they're, they're going to be doing steampunk makeup and stuff. So And they're inviting you out there to witness it and be wowed by it. <laughs> so if you're not doing anything Friday night, there's something you can do in Colleen. And what else is happening this weekend, Thax? Well, the very next day, uh, assuming you are in or near the Austin area, the 2017 Beauty Dawson Races, Beauty... Buda. <laughs> Beauty and Buda. <laughs> this is going to be fun. In Buda, Texas, the 2017 Buda Wiener Dog Races, uh, April 29th and 30th. I'll start making plans to attend. The forms are online at www.budalions.com for more information. Or I can click on it and give it to you right here. Buda Lions present the 20th annual Buda Wiener Dog Races. They've been doing this a long time. Wienertopia. <laughs> Wienertopia. <laughs> there are first, second, and third place winners. There's a cook-off, a bake-off, a Buda Bee. I don't know what that is. And a pet parade. <laughs> so there's also arts and crafts booths and fajita cook-offs. And there's applications for all these things, but I'm pretty sure you probably need to have those in by now since that's this weekend. Yeah, but, it's, but it, looks, it sounds like it's going to be a blast. And we are going to be there. We're going to be dressed to the nines. Eric has told me about winter dog races in the past. They sound hilarious. <laughs> so, <laughs> sort of like best in show, but less... <laughs> less serious? Less serious. <laughs> and, and, you know, going out dressed as steampunks for the races... Is perfect. Yes, definitely. Especially since they're wiener dog races. <laughs> I'm making a few side bets. You know? <laughs> yes. uh, it's $5 gate admission for adults and kids over 12. Kids under 12 get in free. And uh, It just sounds like a great way to spend the day. Yeah, so it's going to be join a good us. time. Dress, dress, dress for the races and join us. And Lions Club is always uh, putting their money towards local good cause charities. Mm -hmm. So you will be yeah, supporting... A, for a dog, race, dog rescue charity. So you will be around. supporting a good cause. Rescue a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> if you are staying in town on the 29th, you may have the opportunity to see Sky Candy. Sky Candy is Austin's local aerial gem they are presenting the surrealist show at the vortex theater it's saturday april 29th at 2 p.m at the vortex yard it is a show that is inspired by the works of surrealist artists such as salvador dali joan miro and renee magritte this circus show will leave the audience questioning the lines between human and inhuman dream and reality featuring performances from the sky candy studio company as well as select student performers prepared to see circus in an excitingly bizarre fashion both in the air and all around you as performers interact with the audience and fly through the sky above. 
is an all-ages show. Doors at 1, show at 2 p.m. Limited seating is available via pre-sale tickets. The remaining tickets will be general admission with seating available on a first-come, first-served basis. A VIP table for two is $70, a bargain, considering how much we paid for Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) General admission, $15 pre-sale, 20 at the door. And you can get those at http colon slash slash surrealist show brown paper tickets dot com at yeah, the vortex. We went and saw Sky Candy one time that I remember they were doing the time machine. Time machine. Sky yeah. Candy. That was fun. I like that. I enjoyed it. And it was a bit surreal as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing a pattern, a, a theme for this episode. Surrealists <laughs> and aerialists. Perfect. And bears. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> All right. After that, we go into the middle of the week of May 3rd, which happens to be my birthday. Wee! And I, I have the week off. I'm, I'm hoping to have some fun. So I'm, I'm probably going to be going to this. On May 3rd, Captain Burton's Fun Time Sideshow Circus. It is at Elysium, downtown Austin in Red River. So it's, it's, it's basically going to be a freak show. Doors open at 10 p.m. Show starts at 11 p.m. There will be some of the most amazing vendors, and the show itself would be like no other show you have seen before. Unless you've seen a show before. Unless you've seen this show before. <laughs> <laughs> Sideshow, burlesque, and much more. That's what the details say on, on Facebook here. Sounds great. But I'm assuming they're going to do stuff like, I don't know, sword fo- sword soloing and, and doing stuff with... You know, I, I think uh, Captain Burton uh, performed at uh, Steampunk November last fall did he yeah yeah I so that he show. does a lot of your, your classic geek tricks okay like sticking needle like sticking something to your tongue and yeah that sort of thing <laughs> so i didn't i didn't stay yeah that makes you show. squeamish i know but we've oh. seen these shows before in the past and like i said this is may 3rd on my birthday so i believe i'm gonna be going to this so come on out say happy birthday to me watch the show buy me a drink for my birthday <laughs> <laughs> Milking it, man. Milking it. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and so after that, what what do we got? We got May, the next weekend. I'm showing on May 7th, Sunday, at 3 p.m. to 7 p.m., Wimberley Makers Fair. So if you are uh, in the Wimberley or uh, San Marcos area, they've got a new starting Maker Fair out there at uh, 704 Farm to Market Road, 2325. Wimberley Stitch Studio is proud to offer the first Wimberley Maker Fair for artists to come and participate in an evening of full of fun on the beautiful studio grounds. This event is to encourage the growth of Texas artists, crafters, growers, and musicians in a family-friendly environment. We will have live music, fun activities for the whole family, such as face painting, games, and more. So it sounds like a, a very, very local-centric, capital F fair flavor to their maker fair i've always managed to miss all these maker fairs that you bring up so i don't I never really know what the, what happens at them you've been to a few of them there's just like there's booths of people the local artists and stuff and they mm-hmm. make they make stuff obviously and right so uh, some of them are, are there to to show off their craft and show you how they built stuff and some of them have a very participatory like they actually give you stuff to learn to okay. do this or that like a class almost kind of thing or right it, it, right very very simple yeah. uh, okay course. and then there's others that are actually selling the things that they made right you know artists and vendors or or kits for making whatever it might be electronics uh saw a lot of that in austin 
So Arduino kits. So some, some 3D printers. Yeah, yeah. The 3D printing community. Okay. Robot community. It just depends on what the individual at any particular booths. Okay. Uh, and in case anybody's wondering why we why we're bringing up maker fairs, is because you know steampunkers we're makers. A lot of us we like to make our own stuff. So right. this is an opportunity to go out there and see what's being made, how to make something new, you know stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And speaking of maker fairs, there's another one coming. Yes, up. Uh, May 13th and 14th, there's a maker fair in Austin at the Palmer Events Center. Our friend Daniel Bennis, the steampunk Edison, has has a booth at this the local Austin maker fair pretty much every year, mm-hmm. and he has actual items that belong to Thomas Edison. Wow, yeah. And well, they don't belong to him anymore. Well, obviously, <laughs> they they belong to Daniel. They're art they I would call those artifacts. Definitely right. artifacts. And he has working steam engine models and demonstrations of how electricity that works, Van der Graaff generators, mm-hmm. Tesla coils, all kinds of fun science. We got to interview him last year mm-hmm. and since then, he's been interviewed or is about to be interviewed by KUT's, what's it called? The uh, Texas, there's a Texas uh, podcast that's mm-hmm. interviewing him that he's he's going to be like on the real radio. <laughs> right, know? right. Right. But we got him first. That's right. So uh, May 13th and 14th, Maker Fair Austin at Palmer Events Center. There are tickets available at austin.makerfair.com. It is a two-day family-friendly event to make, craft, learn, invent, play, and be inspired. Please come out and support your local maker community and get inspired. Okay. So also, that was and that was May, the, what, what day was that again? May 13th and 14th. May 13th, right. Also on May 13th, we have our own little personal steampunk gathering called Monster Hunting Expedition. This is put on put on by a friend of ours in our little Austin Steampunk Society. We are going to meet at the state capitol May 13th at 7 p.m.? We're meeting at night? I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's, it's a night. Okay, so you can go to Maker's night. Fair during the day, and then later on, come on and hunt some Pokemon with us. That sounds fun. <laughs> We're going to be dressing up, and I'm going to be dressing up in my hunting outfit. I have a little pith helmet. And, <laughs> and you got a brand new uh, brand linen new coat. Linen coat. And I got a nice little Thrifting safari outfit. Houston is awesome. Yep. I got a nice little safari outfit I'll be wearing. Perfect for hunting Pokemon. So we'll be meeting at the state capitol, May 13th, 7 p.m. And it looks like we're going to be breaking up around 10 p.m. So it's not going to be all night, obviously. Comic Palooza? Comic Palooza is also that, is that that same weekend. It is a busy weekend. Very that busy is a weekend. crazy weekend. In Houston, May 12th through 14th. So that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Comic Palooza 2017. Uh, attendees will have access to sessions covering popular trends and obscure topics, a film festival, game competitions, a cosplay contest, live art auction, and much more. The exhibit hall is filled with specialty retailers for comics, popular artists, and exciting games. In addition, the Makerspace and NASA Showcase feature innovative technologies from today and years past. While the kids' area is both fun and educational, celebrity guests from our favorite movies, television, and comic series or literature answer questions and share, share their stories. They engage audiences with Q&A sessions, sign autographs, and take photographs with fans. I don't know... Who the celebrity guests are? I do see that George W. Paget, the writer of Adelton Heights, which I reviewed last week, okay, yeah, seems to he's going to be there. Shown an interest. I'm not sure if he's going, and you know, he's got the oh that. interested button on the Facebook, <laughs> mm-hmm. so he might be going. Uh, he might just be going as a fan. <laughs> and our friend Drew Hayen will be doing several panels on various topics of interest within the steampunk community, such as costuming. Right. Uh, on a budget, which is very important. 
gentleman's costuming, I think, yes. specifically. And that's just one of, like, a half dozen panels that he is, is putting together. And a lot of them are actually, a lot of them, some of them are actual steampunk specific. Right. Ones. And I know that Drew does like to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and, and is in, in, uh, entertaining. So that's definitely going to be a, a good jumping off point for new steampunks or just to meet and greet your fellow steampunks. Also, our local professor, Ross Argo, will be DJing the cosplay dance, I guess, Saturday evening. So I know that's not... He's a good DJ. It's not a steampunk-focused part of the convention, but Argo is our man, so we're giving a shout-out to him. He'll be working there. And I don't know what else. We might you might uh, come across at Comic Palooza. It is a big, big show. It fills the George R. Brown Convention Center. Yep, we've been there a few times. It is huge. So. Definitely worth going if you've never been before. All right, what else? All right, we have on May twenty first. This is happening up in Grapevine, Texas, which I believe is somewhere in the middle of Fort Worth and Dallas. It's called the Fort Worth Photo Fest, Grapevine Vintage Railroad. It's not necessarily a steampunk thing, but it sounds like something cool to dress up for and go and because it's going to be, let's see, let me read the details here. Come on, ride the train. Our final event, the 2017 Fort Worth Photo Fest, takes you along the rails from Grapevine, Texas to the historic Fort Worth Stockyards for a fun and leisurely photo walk. Perfect for the whole family. We have reserved the entire Grapevine Vintage Railroad, so you'll be in very good company with other shutterbugs just like you. A perfect experience for railroad enthusiasts, portrait photographers, and ideal for family imaging images. So I figured if you're dressed up in nice steampunk outfits, you'll look good in front of those trains. Come <laughs> you, know, ride the train. you know, people are going to want to take your pictures, and they'll they'll probably really Come enjoy it. So, because we've gone to we've gone on the the train here out of not Austin Cedar exactly, Park. but Cedar Park in our steampunk outfits, and people seem to enjoy seeing that. So that's that's why I decided to mention that one. That's a it's a good uh, good thing good photo opportunity. Yeah, lots definitely. and lots of pictures. And if you want to uh, take a trip into the wilds of Oklahoma, <laughs> May some of, our, some of our listeners are in the Dallas area. They're closer. That's true. We have listeners in Oklahoma. We do. Uh, okay. Okay. Cool. Hello, Oklahoma. Hello, Joe. Uh, we talked to him. Oh, yes. Uh, online this week. So, yeah, he's in Oklahoma. Tell him all about it. All right. Yes. the There is a Pioneer and Steampunk Festival May 26th and 27th in Poto, Oklahoma. <laughs> Poto, right. Yes, the fantastic downtown Poto. This is not your typical old-timers festival. Not this one. We've added some spice to the mix. The Poto Pioneer and Steampunk Festival is coming soon for all the steampunks out there gear up and get your costumes and contraptions ready for everyone else be sure and dress the part we want to see cowboys outlaws choctaws and victorians roaming around the streets of downtown poto hosted by historic downtown poto incorporated this two-day festival will feature everything from carriage rides to bizarre contraptions wow i think i want to go (laughs) (laughs) yeah road trip (laughs) road trip how far is the Poto from here? We'll, uh, we'll figure that out. Hell of a long way. Long way. Yeah. <laughs> it's just getting out of, six just getting out of Texas is going to take a long yeah. time. <laughs> getting out of Texas is most of the trip. But I have I have friends and family up that way, so it is maybe worth a go. Maybe. So I think that's everything happening. Yep. Although there is one quick couple things I want to mention that's happening on Kickstarter. <laughs> Oh, real quick okay. here. Brass, the Industrial Revolution. It's a game. Apparently, it's going to be... This one's called Brass Birmingham. 
and this is a part two. There was Brass Lancashire, Lancashire, Lancashire. Before that, it's it is a steampunk type game. It looks like it's a trading game, but it, I watched a little video on there and it looked awesome. It's uh, a little bit out of my price point, but I know a lot, a lot of people like there who, who have no so problem like, spending money on like games. Sellers of Catan trading. It, I mean, just, just watch that, the video. Whole, yeah, oh, something okay. like that. You're buying. You're, you got a. You're, you're trying to make your your empire of trading brass and this and that and everything. But it looked good. It looked really good. Okay. Um, it caught my eye anyway, and it's really good. I like the graphics anyway. They made they made a really good graphics and a really good video, that which really caught my eye. Uh, there's another one that's happening in Kickstarter that I put out there. Oh, it was your the the Alpha Bots. Oh, they had a they had a reading last right. weekend. But now they're on Kickstarter. No. Oh. A whimsical robot robotic steampunk journey through the alphabet with over 26 color robot illustrations to spark imaginations of all ages. They are on Kickstarter now. Apparently that the, the signing or reading that you said was a preview for this. Okay. <laughs> all right. So so that they are now on Kickstarter. So you have an opportunity to get a look at the book or buy the book and I will put links up to that as well. So, so then that Kickstarter just started. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they have 27 days to go. So I mean, they got you got plenty of time to jump in there and get okay. to this Kickstarter. And the other one, the brass. Let me see how much time is left on that one, real quick. Well, it's here. met its goal. So at this point, you're making a that's true pre-order. Yeah, you're, you're so it met its goal. So that's good. You yeah, still have seven, still 17, 17 days, days to go so. to get to look at brass and see if it's something for you. I mean, they're apparently pretty pretty popular. Yeah, it's a really popular game. The, the first one that they came out with. This is a reprint of the first game, and now we're, oh. they're kickstarting the second game. But you have an opportunity to purchase the the pre- reprint of the first game as well. You don't have to get them both if you don't want them both. CA, that's like Canadian dollars, <laughs> possibly. I just wanted to do a quick shout out on those because you know every once in a while we do, do we do mention Kickstarters, and I thought I'd do that again. So everything that I know of going on till the end of May. Anything else? I think uh, we got it all. That is be a busy lot. This month. It's going to be a month. <laughs> yes, it's going to be time. But that's that's good. We've been wanting to do more adventures. And the more opportunities, the better. Yes. Thank you very much for listening. And once again, find us on. You can find us on Facebook, Texas Steampunk Connection. Give us a like. Make a, give us a comment if you have uh, anything to say. We appreciate all comments or feedback we can get. Yep. Yeah. Until so, next time, right? Yep. Uh-huh. Until next time. Mind your, Mind your cages. cages. Thanks for listening. This has been the Texas Steampunk Connection. Opening music was the Texas Steer Rag by George Botsford, recorded in 1909. Please like us on Facebook at Texas Steampunk Connection. Where you will find a link to all the topics we talked about in this episode. Until next time, mind mind your your gauges. gauges.